welcome to the Tao of Our Understanding Recovery Podcast. In this podcast, we discuss mystical works of literature and how they relate to recovery. We hope you enjoy today's podcast episode. Hello, this is Buddy C. Welcome to the Tao of Our Understanding Recovery Podcast. Today we have Amy and Marla and Craig and Carrie. Good to have you guys. Looking forward to a good conversation today on the last two stories in uh, Thomas Merton's interpretation of Chauncey's work. I'm excited. We're going to talk about the flight from the shadow and then Chauncey's funeral. Then after this, guys, I want to go to a book called The Wintza. It's W-E-N-T-Z-U. And I forgot what I was reading, but they were talking about there were three primary books on Taoist philosophy. The Tao Te Ching, Chauncey's book that we're finishing, and the Wentza was the third book. So that's how I came across this book called the Wentza. It's very good. I've read about half of it. Uh, has a hundred and I think 80, 81 little verses, little stories, either a paragraph up to a couple of pages. So we'll start on that and pepper in uh, verses of the Tao Te Ching as we've been doing, I think. I think that's working pretty good. I really enjoyed this book that we're finishing now. I've gotten a lot out of it. I hope you guys have too. Announcements. Do want to mention the nightly 9 p.m. Eastern open online meeting of AA. You can get there at zoomaameetings.com. Amy actually chairs that meeting on Sunday night and chairs a beginner breakout on Friday, and I chair the regular meeting on Friday. It's every night, 9 p.m. Eastern. Craig, fill us in on how we're doing in the Facebook group, please. We are doing just the way we're supposed to be doing, unsurprisingly. Not that I want to get all Taoist on it or anything like that. Facebook's it's not like we're in a Tao meeting, you know. Who that? Who that? Of course, the chances eh? Um, yeah, the, the 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 Facebook page is a great little place to be. Um, Buddy posts the video of this meeting, and we also post the link to the meeting as well. So if you want to join the meeting, you can join the Facebook page, join them in the meeting, or you can let us know your thoughts or comments on anything that we've discussed, or if there's something that you think we can discuss, then you can post it to there. Um, I just post loads of nonsense to it and buddy posts all the serious stuff to it so yeah i like um, to head so i wanted somewhere i could post things related to the dow and recovery that i would i don't have anywhere else i can post you on the aa groups it really doesn't fit and then so we have a lot could, we have other could, podcasts and things too that are real good and articles sometimes and videos and different things that uh that help if you enjoy this uh vein of thinking and recovery of the Tao, then you would like our Facebook group. Thank you, Craig. The Flight from the Shadow. Amy, you going to read for us, dear? Yes, I will. Flight from the Shadow. There was a man who was so disturbed by the sight of his own shadow and so displeased with his own footsteps that he determined to get rid of both. The method he hit upon was to run away from them. So he got up and ran. But every time he put his foot down, there was another step. 
while his shadow kept up with him without the slightest difficulty. He attributed his failure to the fact that he was not running fast enough. So he ran faster and faster without stopping until he finally dropped dead. He failed to realize that if he merely stepped into the shade, his shadow would vanish. And if he sat down and stayed still, there would be no more footsteps. Entirely too simple, right? To me, um, that it, th- this was ju- is an exact metaphor of addiction. So like I'm being so disturbed by life, I had to step out and escape from myself. And I kept going and I get, took more and more shit, which is running faster and faster until I was going to drop dead, basically. Exactly. Thank you, Marla. That's good. Big book quote. The persistence of this illusion is astonishing. Many pursue it into the gates of insanity or death. Ah, good one. What if we, the, the last part, just jumped out of me, it says, he failed to realize that if he merely stepped into the shade, his shadow would vanish. I find that when I stepped out of the spotlight of trying to be the center of attention. I How long did it take you to come up with that one, Craig? That's a good uh, one. Uh, thank you. It's just, I have these flashes of inspiration. You just all look surprised. That's good, Craig. If he, he sat was... down and stayed still, there would be no more footsteps. If I would just sit still, stop trying to put myself out there, I wouldn't have this big shadow following me around. And I'm not sure about the footsteps. I, I, I don't know if that, um, I don't mean if it was his footsteps or if it was metaphorical, somebody else's footsteps. He was disturbed by the sight of his own shadow. He was not happy with himself, maybe. Right. And so he escaped. He tried to escape over effort, and over. Right. Effort. effort. Way too much effort. And so when he ran and it did not work, he doubled down <laughs> and ran faster. And that's me. If something's not working, just do it. Just do it twice as hard and it's for sure going to work then, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's not working just do it do it more then it's going to for sure work no i don't think so uh, i was reminded of it doesn't mention why he was unhappy with his shadow and i saw something in the 12 and 12 reading step four with the other day with a sponsee that i'd never seen before on page 43 well starting at the bottom of Uh, 42 and step four and the 12 and 12 step four is our vigorous and painstaking effort to discover what these liabilities in each of us have been and are we want to find out exactly how when and where our natural desires have warped us it doesn't say why they warped us but how when and where and i was thinking about with this guy we're not asked why this disturbs him uh, and it reminded me that I never asked the question why. I just start working the solution instead. I'm not going to understand why. I don't know why 
this disturbed him. I don't know why things disturb me in that kind of situation. But I do know that I've got to get down to the causes and conditions that's behind that. And usually it's a fear that's there, you know, that's that's disturbing me in some way. It's I've got a base of fear. Isn't it interesting that the thing that was disturbing him kept up with him with no effort at all? Yep. Isn't that like it doesn't it sound like your addiction? It's like it kept up with me, kept pace and then and grew bigger. Faster See, than that. No effort on its part at all, right, Marla? It just just was there. Uh, and she still lives there. She's still living here. And we're exhausted with it. We're trying to cover up and hide things and um it has absolutely no effort at all. And what question did he ask? He asked why he attributed his failure to the fact that he was not running fast enough. <laughs> why is this not working? And that reminded me of here are some of the methods we have tried. Drinking yeah. beer only. All of that whole paragraph. Right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And and at the end of that paragraph in the big book, it says we can increase the list ad infinitum. Well, I don't know about y'all, but I tried to move, you know, the geographic cure. Let me move to a different city. But as I just put in the chat, wherever I go, there I am. I think that's so indicative of what this is trying to say is with related to the shadow. Mm-hmm. And maybe he was so disturbed at the sight of his own shadow because he knew it was a direct reflection. It was a true representation of who he is, right? Just like I couldn't, I didn't want to look in the mirror because I would see me looking back and that sick and just demented person, right? Now I can't get enough of me. I'm just kidding. (laughs) I've got a picture of you as my screensaver on my phone. Funny, he didn't look for other solutions. He stuck with the thing that wasn't working, right? Insanity, right? I know that I can fix this. I'm smart. I'm educated. I'm I know that I can I should be able to I should have should have should have shitting all over myself. Yeah, I mean that's it really is the insanity. I didn't understand why I kept doing the same things. I didn't understand at the time. Let me rephrase that. I kept doing the same things over and over, convinced that it was going to be different. And it wasn't. So I was like, well, I just need to try harder at doing this. Run faster. I mean, I could relate to this on so many levels. I could just take more drugs to keep escaping from my right. And top it off with some more drugs and alcohol, add some alcohol right. to that. Because that'll make me feel better. More will make me feel better. I'll just be blacked out. Mm-hmm. So I won't feel a fucking thing. Mm-hmm. Great way to go through life. Blacked out. So, so then we see the solution in the last uh, sentence there, or the problem. He failed to realize that if he merely stepped into the shadow and stepped into the shade, his shadow would vanish. If he just sat down, stayed still, there would be no more footsteps. Hmm. If he stopped doing and started being, 
or sit down and shut up. The, the self-action, the, the action to stop the self-effort, right? Mm-hmm. There's a quote I wanted to, I've quoted this before, but I think it's very appropriate. It's from uh, a book called I Was a Pagan by V.C. Kitchen. He got sober in the Oxford groups and was in a, in Oxford groups with Bill. Uh, this is a quote from his book, I Was a Pagan. These ambitions, hypocrisies, and vices were not drained out when I transferred my belief in one plan or philosophy of life to another. They were not drained out by making New Year's resolutions. They were not disposed of by going to psychoanalysts or by going to church. They were drained out by stopping the self-effort to get rid of them. By letting God take hold to do the job and by putting God first in life. I put God first in theory, yet still continued to mean well and do badly. That was because I was still trying to run my own life. I had not put him first in living, but had kept my self-love uppermost and had built my scheme of things quite upside down. When I turned things around, however, and put God at the head of the list, when I ceased struggling to pull myself up and stepped out of the way so that his light could shine down to me, when I let him show me how to use the individuality he had given me to accomplish for myself, for humanity, and for him, the things he wanted me to accomplish, then for the first time in 40 years, things of consequence began to happen in my life. So when he stopped the self-effort, yeah. That's good stuff. Anything else with that story before we move on? That's the the answer was in stopping the self-effort, you know, stepping into the shade, staying still. That's the hardest thing for me to stay still at times. That is, and that is not a lack of effort. See, that's not doing nothing. We get confused with that because it sounds like we're saying, well, do nothing. No, that's not it. Learning how to be at ease and getting in that place of neutrality. Amy's probably going to 85, 86, that whole, no. I'm curious to where she's going because she's looking something up. Yeah, it was like considering the shade, what the shade would mean. It would like shade, sitting in the shade, meaning um, I'm like, I'm at home. I feel comfortable. Um, I'm seated. Shade being some some level of comfort and trust where you can sit and listen to yourself. It's a place of rest, too. A place of rest, yeah. And it's a place of humility. It's a place of humility because you're not in the spotlight as well. Mm-hmm. It's interesting how, listen to this, how if you're in the shade, that place of cool, that place of rest is a place that doesn't... Uh, show you as being the center of what's going on it doesn't outline you as does that make is that's pretty good actually huh i had thought about that craig probably mentioned that write it down now did you just come up with that buddy you should write that that would be that would be a a good daily day reading thank you craig i may do that Stepping into the shade, could that be seen as turning your will and your life over to God of your understanding? Could be. I was I was thinking also with the story about um, how the 
theme of like two choices in recovery is, you know, either I can die, be doomed in alcoholic death, or I can accept spiritual help, um, you know, continue as is or die. You know, I mean, there's, there's just a commonality of, especially in the first few chapters of the big book about two choices. Um, but what I was, what I was looking for was on page 420, um, I never just sit and do nothing while waiting for him to tell me what to do. Rather, I do whatever's in front of me to be done and I leave the results up to him. However, it turns out, um, you know, it's interesting. I, I just really need to share this experience because it was so profound. Um, so I was in Chicago last and it's all about humility and not being in the spotlight <laughs> or thinking on anyway and, and motives. Right. And I don't know if this is related or not, but you said humility and that made me think of it. Um, so I had this plan. My sponsor turned 39 years sober last week. And I always, every single year, have given her a medallion at at my in-person home group. And um, so I was in Chicago for work and I was supposed to fly back on Saturday. My flight got canceled. But see, what happened before that was... I had this plan. I, 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 I had this plan to surprise her because she thought my flight wasn't coming back until Saturday night. So I switched it around and arranged everything. And I even had to fumble over my words when I was talking to her because I almost blew the surprise. And then my flight got canceled and I wasn't able to come back until Sunday morning. And I bawled my eyes out. It was just, it was this big thing. It really wasn't. But the big thing was the lesson that I learned because even, and I actually had planned on going to an in-person meeting up in Chicago with a friend from the fourth dimensioners, which was really cool because I got to spend more time with her. It all worked out. But what I realized was even back to 63, um, no, 60 to 63 in the big book, even when I think my motive is good, Surprising my sponsor to give her her 39-year medallion. Seems like a great motive, right? Underneath that was absolute selfishness because it was still all about, look at me, look at me. I surprised my sponsor. I'm giving her her medallion at my in-person home group. Oh, my God. So when I, when that whole freaking lesson in humility and I sat in that meeting in Chicago eating fucking crow when that whole thing was revealed to me I was like man man this is a huge teachable moment for me in that I don't care how good I think I'm working the program of recovery I don't think how spiritual I don't think it matters how spiritually fit I think that I am my disease will always creep in there somehow and so yeah I'm don't I will encourage you not to ever lie to your sponsor, even when you think that it's a good idea, right, Craig? That got that got Craig's attention because that conversation was not a fun one to have. I was like, this is what happens when you lie to your sponsor. Your flight gets canceled and blah blah blah, you know, the whole thing. And of course she was like, Oh, baby, it's okay. You know, she's anyway, y'all that know my sponsor know how she is. But then later on in the day when I was able to call her and say, check this out, (laughs) guess what I learned from this? You know, it was just a huge, huge uh, teachable moment. And and I'm just grateful that it was 
as safe of a way to see that as possible. You know, I didn't have to drink over it. So anyway, thanks for letting me share all that. Yeah. Amy, I learned as time goes on that um, we we don't know how self-deceived we really are. I'm just saying that for myself. Uh, I keep seeing ways that I continue to deceive myself about things. You know, I I make a point not to brag on me, but I love for you to brag on me. You know, (laughs) I want you to mention me, but I won't mention me. But if you don't mention me, I'll start getting a little resentment. Why didn't they mention me? <laughs> I do all this shit. Why aren't they saying something about it? Yeah. Uh, yeah. And when we, that's the more that we can learn to stay in the shade, the more we can learn to stay out of, out of that spotlight, out of the sun, where the rest is, where the coolness is. Uh, the more stillness we can experience, the more peace we can experience. There's a lot there. I didn't realize that. Thank you, Craig. Appreciate that. I don't know if it's a conversation. I'm getting echoed. I I feel like I'm going through this right now with this one. Because, you know, I feel like it's hard sometimes for me to say stuff and I'm going through my head like I should say something about this article or participate in this group everybody y'all y'all are participating really well in it and and I think well everything I have to say really isn't that important so I'm just going to sit and listen but then they're probably like well why is he just sitting in here and listening but if I went to a meeting that nobody would care right if I just sat the whole time and didn't say a word and uh, and so I just got this going in my head. And then finally, I just sat there. It's like, OK, just be still with this. And if you have something to say, you'll have something to say. Which I, I, I never like. felt like that. <laughs> I wasn't thinking about you, Carrie. So I, I <laughs> speaking for me. <laughs> uh, I, I was putting words in your head. All of y'all. <laughs> you all were talking to me. You didn't know it. What a great story, guys. Lots of good stuff here. It's so short and so precise. (laughs) Anything else before we move on to Chauncey's funeral? Okay. Amy, you want to read for us? Sure. Chauncey's funeral. When Chauncey was about to die, his disciples began planning a splendid funeral. But he said, I shall have heaven. I shall have heaven and earth for my coffin. The sun and moon will be the jade symbols hanging by my side. Planets and constellations will shine as jewels all around me, and all beings will be present as mourners at the wake. What more is needed? Everything is amply taken care of. But they said, we fear that crows and kites will eat our master. Well, said Chaucer. Above ground, I shall be eaten by crows and kites. Below it, by ants and worms. In either case, I shall be eaten. Why are you so partial to birds? Everybody's turning their nose up and think, what's what's this story about? I was fine until the last sentence, the last question. Why are you so partial to birds? I think he's being sarcastic, Amy. 
because oh. I looked it up and I thought it was a mistranslation. Oh. <laughs> and I think he's saying the opposite. You know, why is it you dislike birds so much? Yeah, I kind of got that. Like, you know, it's, we shouldn't take that line too seriously. Or birds don't get to eat anything, right? No. But I did, though. <laughs> the irony of the thing, I did take it literally. Like, what do you have against birds? Might be yeah. a better way to. Like, they don't get to eat? Is that what he's saying? He said, why don't you want the birds to eat my flesh? You're going to leave it for the worms? What is it about worms you really like? Or he could have said, why are you partial to worms? And it would have meant the same kind of thing, I would think. He's, is he trying to say that the outcome is going to be the same regardless of where I am? So just be an acceptance of it and don't worry about. Well, it he, looks like. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah. Well, because he's saying either way, I'm going to be eaten. So what difference does it make who eats me? That's why I just read in it, because he says, we're, we don't want the crows and the kites to eat you. He's like, well, something's going to eat me. <laughs> so what's the difference? If you notice the first line, his disciples began planning, planning a splendid funeral. So his disciples are trying to do something big for Chonsa when he dies. And Chauncey asks the question when he talks about heaven and earth uh, as his coffin and the sun and moon will be the jade symbols hanging, you know, and all those things. He says, what more is needed? Everything's taken care of. I don't need a splendid funeral. I don't need a big, you know, uh, some big event of my passing, that kind of a thing. So he's very satisfied with his life and with how things are, and he doesn't need all of that, but it's his disciples who are planning this, right? And then listen to the next line. I think this is the key here. The disciples said, we fear that crows and kites will eat our master. We fear. There's the fear coming in that's influencing their decisions. They're stepping out of the shade, right? Their fear is driving them out of the shade. I always tell my uh, my wife that uh, when I die, if I'm in a hospital, just leave my body there. Don't claim it because it's not really me anymore. My spirit has traveled on. And like, what's the difference? Whether I get buried somewhere. She just tells me, no, I have to take it. I'm like, who says you have to take the body? Why? The difference. I mean, I'm not, you know, done. I, and I'm thinking like that. I don't want all the expense and all that fanfare and stuff. Just, you know, you don't have to worry about it. She thinks I'm crazy, but this this gives me some uh, some ammo to say, what's the point? <laughs> I want a I want a park bench beside my slab with an eternal flame, so the grandkids can bring hot dogs and roast them on Sunday afternoon. I want somebody to take my phone. And after the service, I want them to text everybody to say thanks for coming. From you? <laughs> <laughs> it's so gross. That's a good one, Craig. I, I tell you, you're on today. Thank you. That's a good one. I, th I thought he was going to say take my phone and delete my browsing history or something. That's what I was. <laughs> 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 I was, I was, you know, you've got the the medical bands. It's like it tells you I'm, I'm diabetic or something like that. The, the 
the one that I would have would be delete my browser history. <laughs> but you know, these disciples were full of fear. They 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 were not happy with they were they were uh, not happy with the situation and wanting to do something different. They were, and Chance is saying the opposite. He said it doesn't matter. My auntie's gone through something very similar, and it's funny this one comes up. She's um, she's suffering with cancer at the moment, and the prognosis isn't isn't looking too good. Um, that's an understatement. My uncle's already organised a funeral, and it's basically one of these that you wet the body away, get it cremated, and just send the ashes back. That's it. There's no service. There's no ceremony. There's nothing, nothing at all. It's just just done. There's no big extravagant farewell tea there's nothing at all it's what i want cremate me see ya on to the next life i think yeah. a lot of but that but that funeral though i think is for the for the people who remain i, I think people need closure with some of i want to do a pre-memorial service if i know i'm going to die and have a pre-service and then i get to enjoy it everybody i get to hear everybody talk about all the good things about me so how would that go? Would, would you just lie in a coffin? And at the no, end no, of it, coffin. Up and... no coffin. You would just have uh, a pre-memorial service and you have all your friends come and you see everyone and you talk and you have a, have a, a going away party. And then you'd have a graveside or whatever for family once you actually pass. I, I'd love to see everyone that uh, wait would wait to come later. I think that would be an incredible closure. Especially if you're in a good place in life and, you know, had a good life and had all the, you know, all everything was, you know, uh, you could appreciate all of that. Uh, I, I read of someone doing that, a college professor that did that, and it, it went over very well. It was a it was really a it was a good event. It was a good way to do it. So I'm surprised we don't see that more often. So he knew he was going to die? Like yeah, he knew he, about how much I, yeah, he was very sick and knew he was going to pass. And so he said, you know, I said, I would like to see my friends instead of them just come talk about me. I would like to enjoy it, too. So uh, he tried it and it worked. I'm surprised we don't see that more often. I might do that this weekend. I don't have any plans for the weekend. I, might just... <laughs> I was just thinking, well, then why wait until you're sick? Why not just freaking throw a I'm going to die one day party. So let's just get together. You don't die and you outlive everybody else. Right. Still. Isn't that every day then? You should have a party? Right. Right. Live every day as, as if it were your last. But is that not still so ego-driven, though? I didn't say it was not ego-driven. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say that, that Amy. Because what if that, what if the people that don't like you show up too, and then they're like, "Well, you're a fucking asshole," and that's why I'm here because I need to tell you before you freaking die because you need to know how I really felt. <laughs> that's what Buddy was just doing. I, I, I want you to tell me. I want you to tell me about me. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. I may not do that. Then I hadn't thought about that. <laughs> Or then, what if you catch resentments towards the people that you 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 know are going to come, and then they don't come, and then you're like, "Don't you like me?" And then you've got a whole new. Con- I think I think this is a terrible idea. I think it's a terrible idea because then I've already got a new complex about the people that don't show up, and like, oh my god, I thought you loved me, and you didn't shut me. 
<laughs> so oh, then I got a little Y'all put way more thought into this. I know. Than- <laughs> can, you imagine, can you imagine having to do that fourth step? So how <laughs> did you come to your <laughs> they didn't come to my pre-funeral. <laughs> so, so my family, we do scrapbooks. We live all across the country and everybody, when someone's about to pass, they come while they're still alive. And um, they'll do a scrapbook with a bunch of memories and things. Uh, but we didn't realize is if someone doesn't know that they're about to pass and you come with the whole family in scrapbooks, it kind of makes for a, a, a weird situation. <laughs> Has that ever happened? Kind of. That's not even, this is going to get back to serious. So true story, a couple of weeks ago, my sister-in-law's mother, so my brother-in-law's wife, her mom seriously passed away and her brothers or whomever hadn't got, didn't call her yet. I don't know the whole story. But then one of her mom's friends or cousins or something called to tell her, I'm so sorry to hear about your mom. And she was like, what are you talking about? That shit happened. And I was like, oh my God. Yeah. So, but I want to go, I'm sorry I brought the vibe down, but yes, it happens. So back to don't, buddy, I would come to your party. Thank you. Me too. I won't get a resentment against y'all. We had the party beforehand. <laughs> okay, guys, what else in Chauncey? Any other, anything we can glean out of Chauncey's funeral? I think we just did. <laughs> it was yeah, like, don't do a pre-memorial, right? We all reflected on how we want to be remembered. Just burn <laughs> I really like the visual of heaven and earth for my coffin. The sun and moon will be the jade symbols hanging by my side. I loved like that whole visual interpretation of, of what afterlife, the next life or, or whatever. Um, you know, and I, and I think it's, um, it, it helps me to, to think about how I should appreciate life now than before because those are all beautiful things i never thought about the sun and moon being jade symbols i never thought about planets and constellations shining as jewels but those are all beautiful things to think about and it really is acceptance amy i mean he's saying isn't everything taken care of already that's that's what he's saying he said what more is needed he's in total a place of acceptance and satisfaction with what's going on. Unlike his disciples who are full of fear. Yeah. Do you think he's been a bit ungrateful? No. No. Not one. Not one. No, just these guys, maybe these guys want to celebrate him. Just say, you know, all these things you've done for us, we want to throw a little party for you. You're not going to be there, admittedly. But it'd be nice to It'd be nice to celebrate. And he's like, no, oh, no, don't bother. Just, well, he's just, just asking. He said, what more is needed? I'm already celebrating. I think it's what he's, what he's saying. He said, you want to do all these special things? There's nothing special necessary. It's already special. And they were really doing it for themselves, weren't they? They were being selfish. I don't know if that's selfish. It's definitely fearful, for sure, I would think. 
you know, they're not, a, they're not happy with what is, I mean, they're not in the moment for sure. You know, they're planning all of this out. So they're not, uh, they don't think that what is, what they have already is good enough. They're, they're wanting to do all these special things. And Chance is saying it's already special. You don't need to add to it. Yeah. Okay. But I love that you just said fear and selfishness because back to the big book 62, selfishness, self-centeredness, that we think is the root of our troubles, driven by a hundred forms of fear, self-delusion, self-seeking, and self-pity. We step on the toes of our fellows and they retaliate. So it's both, I think. And all that comes out of our fear, I think, Amy. All mm-hmm. of our dishonesty and our uh, selfishness and our resentment all come out of fear. If I look fear. deep enough, I'm going to see fear behind it. Yeah, fear of not getting something I want or losing something I have. Or things not going my way. So, but it's fitting that he ended his book with his death. Is that the last yeah. It's the final story is Chauncey's funeral. Yeah. So what can we glean from the book that uh, for me, it's that it's just what he said. What more is needed? Everything's amply taken care of. And there is my life that I don't believe that, that I, that I, my fear creates selfishness and dishonesty and resentment in, you know, where I, I have tried to add to when, it's not needed. Marla, did you have something? I think I interrupted you. No, I forgot. Yeah, what more is needed? Whenever I hear that, I feel a sense of peace. You know, everything is what it should be. Maybe when we're disturbed, maybe that's a good question we could ask. What more is needed? Everything is, you said everything's amply taken care of. We could say something like, thank you for everything. I have no complaint whatsoever. Hmm? It's the same thing, right? Question. Would a a spiritual awakening mean or be something like you finally get, you understand that the universe, that everything is taken care of, that nature has a way of doing things and all all our needs are met. And everything is taken care of. I don't need to really worry anymore. Is that like a spiritual awakening when the the realization that the universe has always had my back is actually, I can actually feel that? that I would say so. Sure. Because I'm looking for stars and, you know, things blowing up in my head like, oh, wow. But that's not really happening. It's it's more like it's like a calmness that I'm like moving into this river of whatever. Like, oh, you know, I'm just going to let this go. It's easy, much easier. That's the way it seems to happen for me, Marla, is that just I start knowing things I didn't know before. You know, like what you're talking about. Like, yeah, I am taking care of. You mean you'll intuitively know how to handle things that you could never understand before? That's another way of putting it. Mm. <laughs> I mean, we want to attain things, Marla, but really it's, and it's in this uh, story of the flight from the shadow too. you know, we want all this stuff when it's really more about stopping and being instead of doing yeah. 
Yeah. Anything else, guys? We have this conversation, Marla, in the uh, in my Zen study group about enlightenment, because a lot of those guys come to that group looking for enlightenment. You know, they they want they want enlightenment. They want to achieve. They want to get their goal. You know that. Kind <laughs> they of want it now. Yeah. <laughs> enlightenment. Yeah. And they were talking the other night about what it was like. Is it like uh, they didn't want to use the word progress, but they wanted to know what progress people were making but without asking it because you're really not supposed, you know, that kind of thing. And um, I equated, I told them I equated it more rather than some progress. I equated it more to awakening. Like when you wake up in the morning, like when I wake up in the morning, number one, I can't control how much I wake up. I can do the things that cause me to get better rest, but I can't sit there and, you know, cause myself uh, to wake up just this much and then not wake up anymore. You know, that kind of, I can't control how much I wake up. You know, I can splash water in my face or something of that nature and it might help a little but my waking up happens at its own pace do you mean your level of consciousness because like either you're awake or you're asleep no there's in between though don't you get but that's but that's what i mean like the level i'm just trying to understand what you're saying so like the, the fuzzy, like, okay, I'm not yeah, good. Like, what time is up, it? Like, oh, it's morning. Oh, I'm here. Oh, it's whatever day it is. You know, all that happens really yeah. fast. But, you know, I can't control how fast that gotcha. happens or what, you know. And this spiritual awakening seems to be the same way. I really can't control it. I can do the things that may help it along, like meditate and all the spiritual practices and different things. but. I really can't control how it happens or, or, you know, that much about it. Unlike, you know, working toward a goal or something, you know, that kind of a thing's a little different, you know? So, uh, but yeah, yeah, Marla, it's, um, it's learning just to be there for the ride instead of, you know, orchestrating the whole thing and playing God for me. Hmm. That's good guys. Any closing thoughts on this book at all? Do y'all have any other thoughts about any of the stories that resonate with y'all that we've had over time? I have one story that I now use. I didn't plan on talking about it, but it's How Deep Is Thou? That's a story I use when I'm working uh, through the, I think, the 10th or 11th step. We'll read this story with it, uh, with the 11th step. I have one aside, too. It's called the inner law. And I have it on my desktop. Yeah, I have it on my desktop. I loved it. It's about our inner will. Let's read it real quick. The inner law. He whose law is within himself walks in hiddenness. His acts are not influenced by approval or disapproval. He whose law is outside himself directs his will to what is beyond his control and seeks to extend his power over objects. He who walks in hiddenness has light to guide him in all his acts. He who seeks to extend his control is nothing but an operator. While he thinks he is surpassing others, others see him merely straining, stretching to stand on tiptoe. 
Whenever he tries to extend his power over objects, those objects gain control of him. One little more verse. He who is controlled by objects loses possession of his inner self. He who no longer values himself, how can he value others? If he no longer values others, he is abandoned. He has nothing left. There is no deadlier weapon than the will. The sharpest sword is not equal to it. There is no robber so dangerous as nature, yet it is not nature that does the damage. It is man's own will. Hmm. So yeah, I printed that out and I have it on my desktop and just as a reminder. This is the one that I use the most. How deep is thou? My master said, thou, how deep, how still its hiding place. Thou, how pure, without this stillness, metal would not ring. Stone, when struck, would give no answer. The power of sound is in the metal, and thou in all things. When they clash, they ring with thou and are silent again. Who is there now to tell all things their places? The king of life goes his way free and active unknown. He would blush to be in business. He keeps his deep roots down in the origin, down in the spring. His knowledge is enfolded in spirit and he grows great, great. Opens a great heart, a world's refuge. Without forethought, he comes out in majesty. Without plan, he goes his way and all things follow him. This is the kingly man who rides above life. This one sees in the dark, hears where there is no sound. In the deep dark, he alone sees light. In soundlessness, he alone perceives music. He can go down into the lowest of low places and find people. He can stand in the highest of high places and see meaning. He is in contact with all beings. That which is not goes his way. That which moves is what he stands on. Great is small for him, long is short for him, and all his distances are near. Wow, what a promise. I know I sprung this on y'all. I didn't even think about doing that until just a moment ago. Y'all, does anyone else have a favorite they'd like to? I like the one with the monkey got shot. (laughs) Because he's been cocky. It was his own downfall. It reminds me of me. Yeah, I like leaving things alone. It's page 70. I know about letting the world alone, not interfering. I do not know about running things. Letting things alone so that men will not blow their nature out of shape, not interfering so that men will not be changed into something they are not. When men do not get twisted and maimed beyond recognition, when they are allowed to live, the purpose of government is achieved. Too much pleasure? Yang has too much influence. Too much suffering? Yin has too much influence. When one of these outweighs the other, it is as if the seasons came at the wrong times. The balance of cold and heat is destroyed. The body of man suffers. Too much happiness, too much unhappiness. Out of due time, men are thrown off balance. What will they do next? Thought runs wild, no control. They start everything, finish nothing. Here competition begins. Here the idea of excellence is born and robbers appear in the world. Now the whole world is not enough reward for the good nor enough punishment for the wicked, since now the world itself is not big enough for reward or punishment. From the time of the three dynasties, men have been running in all directions. How can they find time to be human? Do you want me to keep reading? There's a couple 
few more. Do we have time? Yeah, I'm going to keep reading. You train your eye and your vision lusts after color. You train your ear and you long for delightful sound. You delight in doing good and your natural kindness is blown out of shape. You delight in righteousness and you become righteous beyond all reason. You overdo liturgy and you turn into a ham actor. Overdo your love of music and you play corn. Love of wisdom leads to wise contriving. Love of knowledge leads to fault finding. If men would stay as they really are, taking or leaving these eight delights would make no difference. But if they will not rest in their right state, the eight delights develop like malignant tumors. The world falls into confusion. Since men honor these delights and lust after them, the world has gone stone blind. When the delight is over, they still will not let go of it. They surround its memory with ritual worship. They fall on their knees to talk about it, play music and sing, fast and discipline themselves in honor of the eight delights. When the delights become a religion, how can you control them? One other little paragraph. The wise man then, when he must govern, knows how to do nothing. Letting things alone, he rests in his original nature. He who will govern will respect the governed no more than he respects himself. If he loves his own person enough to let it rest in its original truth, he will govern others without hurting them. Let him keep the deep drives in his own guts from going into action. Let him keep still, not looking, not hearing. Let him sit like a corpse with the dragon power alive all around him. In complete silence, his voice will be like thunder. His movements will be invisible, like those of a spirit. But the powers of heaven will go with them. Unconcerned, doing nothing, he will see all things grow ripe around him. Where will he find time to govern? Hang in the shade, right? Wow, that's good. I'm going to have to. There's a lot. There's a lot more there about the shade. Yeah, that's good. Thank you, Amy. Anything else, guys, before we close? Good meeting. Thank you all for going through this book with me. I've really enjoyed it. And I'm looking forward to getting into Winston. Anyone that's listening that would like a copy of Winston, you can go to buddyc.org. And there's a link there to all of our books and there's a, there's a link to Amazon there. So you could buy any of the books that we talk about. We put links, uh, buddyc.org. And, oh, I didn't mention the, the sign up for the daily devotion. That's going pretty good. I'm, I'm happy with that. And we're, we're still, if you uh, click on the top right of the screen, uh, top right of the menu, you can uh, sign up for a daily Dow recovery devotion. So just all good free stuff. If there's nothing else, guys, y'all have a fantastic week and have a great Memorial Day weekend. I don't know what you guys are doing in the U.S. Craig, just go to work Monday. We're not working Monday, so but you can work for us. I'll keep the global economy going. Don't worry, guys. You see the deal. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, sir. All right. Everyone have a great week, and we'll see you next week. Hello, this is Buddy C. I wanted to make you aware of several recovery-related resources that I've posted in the episode description. These resources include a list of recovery podcasts, a free sober meditation app, daily recovery email, shared Google recovery calendars. Hope you put some of these resources to use and have a great week. Thank you for listening to the Tao of Our Understanding Recovery Podcast. 
If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with your friends in recovery.